Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that always picks up scurrying hot dogs, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Cortland. What are you doing over there? Uh, just, you know, doing snake sounds. Oh, right, right. <laughs> so unsettling. <laughs> that was the scariest part of the whole episode. No, I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. That's good. Snakes don't gloop like jelly. <laughs> like, no, like a cube. they really don't. Like, like gelatinous I don't know who cube. decided that's that's a snake thing. Well, I'm glad to hear you're doing good. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ruin your day oh, by asking, Lord. did you have uh, anything awesome happen this week? <sighs> no. No, I didn't actually. Oh, man. I'm going to throw you a curveball there. Well, you know, <laughs> not every week's a winner, I guess, right? Nope. So for the, a long time, you know, I've had this this new computer for a couple of months now, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I had high expectations and dreams about setting up two monitors because, I mean, two monitors is pretty great, right? Yeah, that's like twice the monitors of one. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can look at two things. So the math anyway, <laughs> after a long time, you know, I, I set up my um, big screen TV <laughs> as my monitor because I'm a jerk like that and then just you know taking it away from my family or whatever and um, my computer only has one HDMI port so I thought that I could only have one monitor hooked up and then I mm-hmm. found out that I, there's these things called display port to HDMI converters so I bought one and I used it and now my computer is hooked up to two monitors whoa yeah I can look at us recording in audacity and my notes at the same time for the first time this entire podcast. That's cool. I just bought a new computer monitor myself. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's one of those curved ones. Oh, fancy. Like Did you have to sell your son ones. for it? And the curve, I gotta say, it's, it's yeah. it, it adds nothing. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were gonna say it was like the best thing since sliced bread. Or <laughs> I can't go back to flat monitors. <laughs> no, it's... It's, it really seems just like some dumb gimmick. I don't know. It doesn't seem any well, different. I unfortunately have to watch commercials um, frequently on my television and my YouTube and stuff. But I don't think I see any commercials for the curved monitors anymore. Yeah, must have just been like 3D TVs where it was like, oh, you need this. And then it was like, oh, nobody cares about this. I think so. I don't know. I just got some old sloppy monitor. Man, do you remember that one time that you had that gigantic TV? Yeah. That was thing was awesome. Until it wasn't. Remember when it wasn't awesome? Yeah. This was like a giant, like the big screen CRTs, which were, I mean, they were like the size of a car. Yeah. I don't know how you fit it in your house. It was so ridiculously amazing. And that thing was super fun to play like xbox on yeah and then i don't know i remember looking at it one day and it was like how can you watch this (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what happened Ah, you know time moves on technology moves on and it (sighs) it was like having like the fanciest vcr in like 2009 or something yeah like yeah this thing (laughs) used to be really cool but it was so cool and then all of a sudden we tried to play N plus on it. And I was like, I can't see anything. It's <laughs> uh, a distinct moment in my life that I remember all the time. Yeah, that's the thing is they started developing games for high definition. 
and that thing was super not high definition. Yeah, it was like even though the screen was giant, it was giantly blurry. Ruined everything. Well, Brandon, um, are you ready to talk about the tale of the hunted? Yep, I'm ready. Okay, are you sure? We could talk about something. We have to talk about it at some point. We are contractually. Uh, We can save it for last if you want. (laughs) I mean, everyone else does episodes out of order. Why not us? I'm saying we could just do it like as number ninety (laughs) one. Just the last altogether. Yeah, have like the whole series wrap up, and then we could just tale of the hunted. (laughs) We could, we could uh, do a campaign. It'll be like, oh, the lost episode. And it's just lost because we purposely lost it. So, yeah, this one's Patreon exclusive. <laughs> this whole episode's a blooper. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. So, the tale of the hunted. I didn't think it was like I don't. It wasn't super super bad. I didn't think it was that bad. It was. I think it was better than Misfortune Cookie. I didn't think it was bad at all, really. But I didn't think it was good, and I didn't really enjoy no. watching it. Yeah, it's not good, but it's not, like, the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm glad that Misfortune Cookie is in this season to be, like, the bar. Yeah. And we're just like, at least it's better than Misfortune Cookie. Yeah, I'm... Something that puts a smile on my face when I'm feeling down is that I, I never have to watch Misfortune Cookie again. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good feeling. Always a smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Misfortune Cookie is behind us forever. Never have to watch it ever even again a little bit. I never even have to watch a clip of it. <laughs> no. What's all the hubba? Okay, I got I got it done. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is uh it's kind of weird. Um like I get where they were going with it, but there was just some choices in it that I don't really understand. This episode is weird. Uh we'll talk about it later at the end of the episode, but most episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark have a moral. Yeah. You know, just simple stuff. You know, don't do drugs. Stay in school. Uh, don't murder your siblings. But Yes, or neighbors. This one has an agenda more than a moral. Right. And, you know, agree with it or not. That's your own thing. But it, it's a weird tone that the show hasn't really taken before. Yeah, I agree with you, and also, um, I don't really understand the subject matter that they use to to tell us this moral. Um, I'm spoilers, it's wolves, and if you're gonna do, like, a don't hunt episode, you know, like, killing animals is bad. That's what this episode's trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't use wolves. I would use, like, something that is not dangerous, a little, like, at all. Um, like deer. I mean, I know deer, you know, can be dangerous. You can hit them in your car or whatever, but like, it makes more sense to be like an herbivore animal instead of like a wolf, which kills people. Okay. What would you say would be the perfect animal that's not dangerous? So you're not like, no, fuck them. They bite you and stuff, but also majestic enough that you'd be like, Oh, look at the majesty of this animal. Why would you want to hurt them? Oh, um, because deer suck. Yeah, they, they do. Suck. I don't. I don't know, man. Something. I don't know. Squirrels can be rabid, so I guess not squirrels. <laughs> Lots of things can be rabid. Maybe like a hawk or an eagle or something. That would be a lot of work, though. You'd have to get aerial I mean, shots. Yeah. Don't don't kill birds. 
I guess yeah. people shoot ducks. I don't know. <laughs> ducks are I so know. cute. I love I don't ducks. know anything. I love it when you feed ducks and they're just like... They swim in and stuff. What if I the story them. was about poachers rather than just your average run-of-the-mill hunters? That would be good, but it's not. I mean, they... I don't know. Let's just... You want to just talk about the episode? Yes. Let's get through it. Okay. So, our episode begins with a panning shot of the campfire and its sofa, and we stop on Andy, who's tending to the fire with a big stick. And he's poking it and whatnot, when out of the walkway comes the rest of the gang, and Tucker calls out, Andy boy, you beat us. He always beats them. I feel like he's the first there every week. Well, he seems to never be late. Um, I don't really know. What do you think his, like personality trait is is it just like the sensible one i don't know no i think he's the sensitive one okay he's like the gentle giant okay all right but he from the the first episode of this season like he was the most stoked about this entire thing like he was just so happy to be there so i think he's way more into the midnight society and you know it's customs and things than everyone else they're just like yeah whatever show up whenever tell a story or don't i don't know (laughs) they all have like this other giant group of friends and andy just like come on saturday night (laughs) like andy should probably be the quote-unquote leader of the midnight society but tucker just inherited it (laughs) i think we should take a vote that's what i'm saying (laughs) yeah right about 20 years too late Mutiny. I It'll be unanimous. I vote Andy the leader. Vance runs up saying, and the fire's blazing. Excellent. And Megan asks why he didn't wait for them. And Andy says, I don't know. I kind of felt like hiking out here alone. And Megan asks if he's okay and what's the matter. And Andy spills his beans saying, well, something happened last weekend and it's been bugging me. He murdered someone. That's what it is. I knew it. He turned them into misfortune cookies. <laughs> I murdered someone, and that gave me an idea for a story. <laughs> Tucker walks by him with that bucket of water, patting him on the shoulder, asking what it was. And Andy tells the gang, as they take their seats, that his family was having this big old cookout. They were playing badminton, and the birdie got stuck high up in this tree. And Quinn's all, whoa, man, that's a drag. I can see why you're bummed. And Megan looks at him saying, Quinn, and then turns to ask Andy, so what happened? And Andy continues the story saying, well, nobody could get it. It was so high. So I got my slingshot. I'm a pretty good shot. And well, I nailed it. First time. It fell right down. And Vange thinks that's cool. But Quinn is unimpressed saying, it was just luck. And Andy's all, yeah, my brother thought so too. Quinn's the worst so far. Quinn's role in the Midnight Society, he, he seems to think he's, like his job is being a heckler. Yeah. And he's just like, boo, all the time. But it's like, dude, you haven't even told a goddamn story. Yeah, it's been half the season, though. And what is this, episode seven? Until you tell a story, you don't get to say anything. That's the new rule when Andy comes in power. <laughs> when Andy overthrows Tucker. Uh, well, Andy says that that's when the bird flew into the tree, even higher than the birdie. My brother said, if you're so good, hit that bird. It was so far away, I never thought I'd come close. And we cut to Tucker, who says, but you did. And Andy says, yeah, I did. I couldn't believe it. It fell out of the tree, fluttering down. I ran onto it, but it was already. And we cut to Quinn, who smiles, saying, nice shooting, Deadeye. And Andy looks down, saying, Deadeye's right. I looked at the poor thing. 
It was the morning dove, and all I could think of was a second ago it was alive. But because of me... Anyhow, it's been bugging me so much, it made me think of this story. At least it had a final gift before it died, Andy. Yeah. Gave him a story. It's like David with the stolen bicycle. Tragedy is just aces for story ideas. Yeah, this episode is nowhere near as good as Shiny Red Bicycle. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'd say they're maybe on different tiers. (laughs) Uh, You know what? Life's life's tragedies are only worth it if you get a story out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Andy says, things are born and things die. That's the way it goes. But if you're going to step in and take nature into your own hands, then you better be ready to handle the outcome. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story... The Tale of the Hunting. That has nothing to do with the story. Well, I mean, things are born and they do die. So... Okay. (laughs) He's got that going for him. Oh, well, whatever. This episode's a mess, so let's just get into (laughs) it. Our tale opens to a girl checking off stuff on her checklist. She's got a bunch of camping supplies, like a tent, steaks and stuff. There's water or whatever. A car horn honks, and she looks out the window and smiles. So she gets up, and she walks out of the building. Outside, she runs up to a truck and out walks Dad, who says, Hey, baby girl. And she gives the dude a hug, saying, Hey, Dad, did you get stuck in the snow? Dad says, Snow? What snow? And we see there's another two guys that get out of the truck, and they're unloading their stuff or whatever. And they all have on orange vests, which means that they were out hunting. Another older guy says, hey, you know, your dad's always prepared. Dad says, right. And another kid pulls out some snowshoes. Always got his Oscar He, Yeah, he read Into the Brush by Oscar. But the girl walks to the back of the truck and looks over saying, hey, Gar, you um have a good time? She's clearly into this gentleman. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, like, at first I couldn't tell if they were cousins or, like, you know, brother and sister or something, but I don't I don't think they have any relation. I immediately, like, the first thing she says to him, I was like, okay, this is going to be a thing. She likes this yeah. guy. Spoilers, it's not a thing. But, well, no. The, the story, it doesn't... The story doesn't have time to focus on their love story. No. Like, it, it, it starts the whole thing with it, but then they just ignore it. Which is fine. Because I don't need... Yeah, I mean, they got more important things to deal with, but... I don't need that in my stories. Gar is the younger of the boys in the truck, and he says, Yeah, you know it. Camping in December is pretty tough, though. It would have been pretty tough without these. And he lifts up those snowshoes, telling her her dad's the best. So, I don't know what season it is. It looks like it's October, maybe. Perhaps November. It looks cold out, and there's no leaves on the trees in the the woods, because they're in the woods. But mm-hmm. there's no snow, and if it's in Canada, I mean, there would be snow, so I don't know what they're talking about. Maybe they were up in the mountains? Yeah, but, like, that doesn't make sense, because they are at this cottage cabin thing, and the boys just leave her for, like, a month? I don't get it. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's so weird. She was just there alone. Uh, the girl, whose name is Diana, by the way, tells Gar that she's just like him since it's genetic, which is really weird. What is genetic? Being the best? Yeah, like, she's trying to, you know, he said something nice about her dad, so she's like, I'm just like my dad. (laughs) If you dated me, it would be like dating my dad. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. That's her hook. (laughs) Okay, she's secretly a man. Kiss me. Kiss my father. (laughs) 
Wagar's like, <laughs> just like him. Yeah, you got a little five o'clock shadow going on. And she gets all embarrassed saying, Gar. <laughs> his name's Gar. <laughs> Do you think his name is short for Garfield? No, I think that's his last name. His name's like Bob Gar or something. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Up walks dad's friend saying, so Diana, you coming with us the next trip? Diana's all, yeah, I guess so. Dad says, oh, who are you kidding? That's all I've been hearing about for weeks. She must have repacked the gear at least ten times. And Diana's all, dad. She had nothing else to do. You left her there. (laughs) He gave her a checklist and said, we'll be back in December. What a boring time. Dad says that they'll see what kind of outdoorsman his daughter really is and gar tells her that she's gonna be great and she just kind of looks around and then she uncovers a little bit of this blanket in the back of the truck and there's an animal leg it's like a wolf paw dad says mm, yeah gonna we have got wolf one. meat tonight mm, can't wait to eat that tough wolf meat <laughs> diana just kind of looks down at it all sad up walks dad's friend and dad says that it wasn't the blaze diana's all like the blaze Dad's friend says that it's the smartest wolf in the pack and a menace. They've been tracking him for years, but he always gets away. And Dad adds in that the blaze is a sly one, all right, but we'll get him. Just a matter of time. Then he looks over at Diana saying, hey, maybe on our trip, eh? And walks away. And Diana takes another look at the foot and then throws the blanket back over it. Are you ready to meet these characters? Yeah, sure. This is most of them. Yeah, there's only one more and we'll get to her in a minute anyway. She's in like the next scene. But I didn't know that at the time. So, first up, we got Diana. She's played by Charlotte Sullivan, who played Gail Peck in Rookie Blue from 2010 to 2015. I don't know what that is, but okay. Uh, I've heard of it before. I I think it's a cop show. She was also in a show called Chicago Fire from 2016 to 2017, and a show called Mary Kills People from 2017 to 2019. So she's been in stuff. Yeah, good for her. She's mostly not in this episode. That's true. Despite being the main character. Yeah, exactly. Gar is played by Noah Clar, who was in 21 episodes of The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo. Word. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he wasn't in much else, and his last credited role was in 2011 for a show called Good Dog. I haven't seen it. Nobody has. <laughs> the father, whose character name is Grant, I guess, is played by Larry Day, who's been in the show before. Did you recognize this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, he played, uh, no, I don't know. Who is he? He was the father from Fire Ghost. I wouldn't have guessed that. That's fine. We covered him in that episode, but just a reminder, he was in Night of the Demons 3 with Christian Tessier, who played Josh in The Tale of Laughing in the Dark. And I really want to see that movie sometime. I don't know why. Just, it's got all these stars in it, you know? Our final character for now is Hank, I guess. I don't think his name's ever mentioned, but he is played by James Ray. And this guy was also previously in the show. Oh, man. You're never going to guess this one, just like you couldn't guess, like, all of them, which is fine. I mean, this is so, like, subtle or whatever. It doesn't matter. But he was the father from the tale of Badge. Oh, the one yeah. that was like, oh, Trevor, I love you more than my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that I have a better success rate recognizing the kids, considering they change appearance a lot. When they're in episodes yeah. like five years apart. But the parents who look exactly the same, I'm like, mm, no, never seen him before. 
Well, to be fair, I think he has quite a bit more gray hair. And also, he is not like in this episode very much at all. So, <laughs> don't feel no. bad. Also, it was from That's Bad. That's another thing so. is that the adults are barely in any of the episodes. Yeah. They just, like, recycle them. It's not like Crenshaw, who pops in and you're like, holy shit, Goth is coming back, you know? I wish. Uh, well, never again. Okay, let's move on. We cut over to Diana, and she's in a bus, sitting next to another girl, and she tells her... Camping's kind of like going back to the days when you need to know all kinds of stuff to survive. I mean, you had to be part astronomer, doctor, builder, cook. And the girl interrupts that train of thought, saying, sounds intense, and Diana's all... Yeah, but it's cool. We're going to go snowshoeing, canoeing, hunting, fishing, hiking. And this girl's all hunting? But I got to stop because this whole shit reminded me of Bubba from Forrest Gump. He's just talking about all the different kinds of shrimp you can make. This is my favorite scene of the episode, I think. Because she's explaining camping to this girl as if she's never heard of it. She's like, she was like, what are you doing this weekend? She was like, I'm camping. And she was like, camping? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what snowshoeing is. <laughs> I've never left the house, personally. <laughs> Why? Okay, so she gets upset about hunting, but fishing is essentially the same thing. No, for some reason, fish are not considered animals. When I was a kid, my dad told me that fish don't feel pain. <laughs> so... I don't, for a long time, I thought they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so when you hook them with a hook, it didn't matter because they couldn't feel it. Yeah, I mean, they might have something to say about it. I don't know. If they could talk, but they can't. So Diana says, yeah, hunting. And the gal, whose name is Laura, by the way, says, you serious? And Diana tells her that her dad goes hunting all the time. Then from the seat behind them, Gar says, yeah, me too. And Laura looks at them both saying, I can't believe this. Do you even know what you're talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. She's like, why are they all in a bus? Hunting? What's that? (laughs) What are they doing in that bus? I thought they were going on like a field trip or something. Like, are they, is that the school bus? Do they live here now? I think it's the school bus. I think they're on their way home. Weird. It's fucking weird. Diana asks her what's the matter, and Laura's all, what's the matter is you're talking about going out and killing things. And Gar sighs, saying, oh man, here we go. And Laura says, you may have some romantic notion about recreating frontier life, but this isn't the old days, Diana. People around here don't need to hunt wild animals for food anymore. Diana rolls her eyes and the bus stops, and Laura gets up, and then everyone else does too. I don't think I care for Laura. (laughs) No. Laura sucks. She does. And not just because she cares about animals or whatever. I care about animals, but she just sucks. Yeah, she's a bit aggressive about it. Like, make, you're making people feel like crap. You could just kind of, like, explain your views on it. And, I mean, they could do whatever they want. I don't know. But instead, she's like, hunting! 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 <laughs> then they get off the bus and they're like, phew, we got away from her. And then she's like, hunted. And then they run away and it's like a horror movie. (laughs) And then they get hunted. And that's where this episode came from. The name of the episode. That would be such a cool episode idea. Yeah, you know, we thought this was going to be hunting children, which quite frankly, I wish it was. And you know what? I guess it kind of is. Technically. Whatever. Very technically. 
Outside the bus, Gar calls after Laura, saying, But it's different out there in the wild. It's about survival. Laura's all survival. You can't pack a lunch? Gar scoffs, looking at Diana, then says it's not about food. It's dangerous out there. Wolves are a threat to people. Look at the blaze. And Laura turns around, and she says, You know as well as I do that there isn't a single case of a wolf attacking a person. What do you think about the fact that there's not a single case of a wolf attacking a person? Which is, quite frankly, a lie. Uh, yeah, I, I don't believe that's true. I didn't look it up to confirm, but I have my doubts. <laughs> well, you know, this information would be 20 years old by now, but, uh, you know, if you see a wolf, you stay away from it because you know that they hunt in packs, and wolf attacks are a thing. <sighs> it's just stupid. Yeah. Even if it's one wolf by itself, I wouldn't take my chances. I don't think I could take a wolf in a fight. I would punch it. I'd be like, no, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I'd just lay down and be like, go for the throat, please. <laughs> don't eat me alive. <laughs> Make it quick. Laura says that you like to shoot defenseless animals, which is also untrue because they have like, you know, teeth and they hunt in a pack and they got claws and stuff. Yeah, they don't got guns, though. No, well, apparently neither do these hunters. So. Be a lot cooler if they did. <laughs> Gar looks at Diana as Laura walks away and then says that we don't always shoot them. Sometimes we trap the wolves. That's humane. And Laura turns around saying, oh, really? What? <laughs> it's like I don't understand way less that humane. logic. I know, right? It's like, we make it their death a lot slower. That's better, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what she says, because she's, she's like, you know about trapping? An animal can be caught in a trap for weeks, starving and frightened before someone finally finds them. Then the big brave trapper uses a club to beat them to death. <laughs> you call that <laughs> so humane? So brutal. Like all this, well, this whole thing for a kid's show. I get that they don't want to show guns in a kid's show, even though there are gunshots later. But... Yeah, don't explain, like, beating a baby seal for its fur into children. (laughs) Oh, man, they're going out clubbing. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this chick? Let's just Um, discuss this. Are they friends? Yeah, I guess so. I don't, she's just, like, a girl. I don't know. (laughs) They don't explain it. I assume she's Diana's friend. That's what I think you're meant to believe, but I have a hard time believing that this hunting thing wouldn't have come up before yeah especially because gar is like a hunting guy and diana is the daughter of a hunting guy and i don't know if she's gone hunting before i don't think she has i don't think so either but it's a thing she's been around hunting in fact it seems like anybody in this area would be like a hunter (laughs) so you're outnumbered laura Gar tells her that it's quick and painless, but Laura's all, you wouldn't think that if it were happening to you. And Gar argues that they're animals, and Laura tells him, so are we. So Gar shakes his head. He looks at Diana and says, come on, Diana, let's go. This girl's on another planet. And Laura looks at Diana before she walks away saying, please think about what I said. Then the two girls walk away from each other. So this is the last character in the episode. Her name's Laura, and she's played by Laura Bertram's little sister, Jennifer Bertram. Whoa. Yeah. Jennifer has been in exactly four things. One episode of Famous Jet Jackson, the movie The Ghosts of Dickens Past, this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and she was in The Phantom of the Megaplex. It's a great movie. I considered watching it last night. Instead, we watched um, Nightmare Before Christmas. 
Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, but then we fucked up and we watched Mr. Boogity, which was not a good choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not really a good chaser for a Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, it was. Um, it was really bad. It was only made in 1986, but the effects and stuff were like really bad. Like 1985 quality. Yeah. Yeah. And it had the music of like a seventies movie. It was it was weird. <sighs> I never have to watch it again though, so whatever. <laughs> it's like misfortune cookie. <laughs> yeah, right. Except Lance loved it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh great. Well then you're gonna be watching it like every day. Oh, it's gonna he's gonna be like thinking about like like the repressed memories of what was that one movie with that fucking vacuum cleaner sucking up a dude? What was that? <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so we cut, and we're panning up to a bed that Diana is sleeping in. And she's all restless and stuff, and we hear the whining of a dog. So Diana gets up out of the bed, and she checks that shit out. And she slowly walks out of the room, down a hall, and into, like, a living room. And then she very slowly walks up to the front door. And she looks around, and then outside to see that nothing is there. So she sighs. She turns around, and she starts walking back to her room. But we hear some more noises and whining from a dog... Or, or more likely a wolf and she opens up the blinds of the window and sees a wolf outside and its eyes light up purple so she screams and she backs away right into dad who grabs her saying whoa it's okay and diana pushes him towards the window saying that there's a wolf out there and its eyes were glowing so dad checks it out but there isn't anything outside diana swears that there was but dad says it was probably one of the dogs which i don't think they ever show us a dog in this episode do they no Diana tells him no, that it was a wolf, and she thinks it was the blaze. Dad looks at her saying, Honey, you know wolves don't come up here, especially that one. Listen, a good hunter never loses his cool. You want to be a good hunter just like your old man, right? Diana says, Yeah. Dad says, Okay, good. That's my girl. Back to bed. And he smooches her on the forehead and ushers her back to the bed. And we stay with Dad for a moment, and he looks again outside, then looks down, and he sees a claw mark on the screen of the window, and we hear a wolf howl. And Dad closes the shades. Wolves never attack people! (laughs) (laughs) Wolves aren't around here. Except there's wolves everywhere. You can't step outside without tripping over wolves. (laughs) Oh my god. We, We cut, and now we're in the woods with Diana and Gar. And Gar's telling her that animals have keen senses, but we can fool them. When you're stalking, do what wolves do. And then he puts his finger in his mouth and lifts it up to check the wind, which is exactly what a wolf wouldn't do. No. <laughs> Wolves don't use fingers a lot. No, I don't think they even have any fingers. Weird, I'm thinking right? about it. So stupid. <laughs> what an idiot. They haven't even figured out fingers. <laughs> he tells her to stay downwind, stay low, and move slow. So Diana repeats that and follows him as they kind of crawl by a fallen tree. A twig snaps or whatever, and Diana's all, what was that? And Gar doesn't know, but tells her to keep low and says, move slow. So they crawl some more along that log, but then they hear another twig break. So we look out in the the woods, and it's a nice shot of the woods. Like, all the leaves are off the trees. It's really cool. I, I like being in the woods, so it was fun. And Diana thinks that this shit is spooky. And Gar's like, nah, there's nothing to worry about. And they crawl some more when Laura pops out saying, hi. And then Giggles saying, sorry, did I scare you? She walks over and Gar yells at her for saying, like, why'd you sneak up on us like that? What if I had a rifle? Which is a great question. Mm -hmm. 
So Diana and Gar are in orange. So, you know, they're hunters. You know, hunters will see them and not shoot them by mistaking them for an animal. Laura is in all white. And quite frankly, she looks like a deer. Yeah. She might as well be in furs. Yeah, she's got antlers and stuff on. She's like walking on on her hands and knees. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Laura responds to that, what if I had a gun, to, yeah, what if? (laughs) Well, what if is that you'd be shot. (laughs) Well, Gar shakes his head in disbelief and doesn't have anything to say to that stupidity. And he looks back at Diana for support and then starts walking away. And Diana doesn't follow him, so he tells her to come on. But she's like, hey, let's wait for Laura. And Gar tells her, nah, you wait for Laura. Laura comes walking by Diana saying, sorry, guess I messed things up. Diana's like, nah, it's not your fault, even though it is. The two Mm -hmm. girls take a seat on the log, and Laura tells her that she was looking for her to give her this. And she hands over this necklace, and I swear to God, it has like a baby's face on it covered by a wolf's skin. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a baby's face. (laughs) Okay. It's like one of those terrible medieval paintings where nobody's face looks right. And, like, even the cats have human faces. It's really fucking weird. (laughs) It's ugly. It's a really ugly picture. And she stalked her in the woods to give this to her. She needed Diana to have it. (laughs) It's it's really... Diana's all, it's for me? And Laura says, yeah, it's from a local native tribe. So Diana thinks that shit is dope. And Laura explains that the natives think wolves have mystical powers, unlike any other creature. Cool, huh? Diana asks if she believes it, and Laura avoids that question by saying, I believe that they believe it. (laughs) But I know they respect wolves, and you should too. In other words, they're stupid. That was such a diplomatic answer. I think that they think it. (laughs) Well, you know what? The reason I hate Laura, other than her general unpleasantness, is because she knows exactly what this necklace is going to do. It seems she that believes way, it one hundred percent. Yeah, she went to the natives of Canada and she was like, "One necklace, please." And they were like, "Okay, but this turns people into wolves." And she was like, "Exactly." <laughs> oh, I know. Will it teach them a lesson? Uh, I mean, I guess. All right, I'll take five. It's essentially a attempted assassination, but. The face of the pendant changes to a wolf, and its eyes glow blue, and then it changes back to that baby face. And Laura asks Diana what she's thinking. And Diana mumbles out nothing, thinks this is great, and she stands up and she puts the necklace on, and the two girls start walking, and Laura asks if she's going on that hunting trip. And Diana corrects her saying, it's a camping trip. But Laura's all, whatever. So are you going to hunt with those guys? Diana stumbles over her line saying, I don't want to let my my dad down, and I don't want to let down Gar either. Just the same thing. Yeah, that's the same thing. You would let both of them down if you didn't, but whatever. Laura's all, even if you think they're wrong. Diana argues that she doesn't think that they're wrong, and then requests that they talk about something else. Laura says, sure, and then the scene fades. The part that I don't really get about this story is that, like, yeah, Diana is, like, you know, a little bit... Like, oh, you know, I don't really want to kill something, you know, by hunting or whatever. But then you got Laura that's just like, you think it's wrong, don't you? Your your family sucks, right? Like, shut up. We both think it's wrong, don't we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's like, uh, actually, I think it's, yeah, we hate it. Hunting's so dumb. That's what we think. Let's go tell your dad that you want to disown <laughs> him. 
it's just she's a little overbearing uh, it makes her like her intentions are good or whatever you know that's for the story hunting's bad but like i just don't like it i don't, I like, don't her. like her Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your local trapper. Whether you're new to the show or a longtime fan, we really appreciate you spending some time and having a goof with us. Brandon and I create a ton of extra content for the podcast on our Twitter at PRVT Island and Instagram at Private Island Presents. If you're looking for more laughs, we have got you covered. Check us out, give us a follow, and enjoy. We make tons of memes, GIFs, videos, and more. We've been abridging and condensing entire episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark down into one hilarious joke-filled minute and doing live watch parties on Instagram every Wednesday night of full-length episodes. It's a lot of fun, and we love interacting with fans. The Season 6 wrap-up is coming up quick, and we need your help. Every season, we do an Ask Us Anything where we answer your questions. So if you have any questions you'd like us to answer, please send them our way. We've gotten a few so far, but we would love some more. You can send them to us on any of our social medias or straight to our email at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Do you love the show and want to support us, unlocking tons of bonus content in the process? Visit patreon.com slash privateisland to become a patron today. Our tiers start as low as $1 a month and you'll get instant access to early release episodes. The higher the tier, the more rewards you get, including bloopers and outtakes, bonus quick fright episodes, we have a Patreon-exclusive improv episode, book readings, and more. I update our Patreon with new content multiple times a week, which means there's always something new to enjoy. So I hope you check it out and consider becoming a patron today. All proceeds from the Patreon go right back into the show to make it even better. I'd like to thank all of our current patrons, the Bronze Beth Heather, Eddie, Mia, and newest patron Tristan, the Silver Goth Shane, Steven, Matt, and Kaylee, the Golden Day Days Bryce, Angela, Heather, and Sarah, and the Platinum Bostics Kathy, Carly, and Evelyn. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Brandon and I greatly appreciate it. For a quick link to all of our social media pages, our YouTube, Facebook group, and more, check out the episode description for our Linktree link. Spread some spooky cheer this year by telling people about our show. Give us a quick recommendation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or anywhere else you'd like. Stop by our Apple Podcast page and give us a five-star review. We're so close to our 50th review, and we've really been ranking in the charts for the United States and Canada. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Now I'd like to play the promo for the Cheers to Parenting podcast with hosts Layton and Christy. I am Leighton. And I am Christy. And this is Cheers to Parenting. A couple's guide to parenthood. On this bi-monthly podcast, we'll pull a topic from our parenting tip jar and then discuss. Using parenting skills we've learned over the years of parenting our three children. Which combined gives us 60 plus years experience with the good, bad, and ugly of parenthood. Perfect kids? Nope. Expert parenting? Absolutely not. But it's worked for us. Give us a listen at anchor.fm slash cheers to parenting pod. Advice from birth. Until you get them off your payroll. Thank you again, everyone, for listening in. I'll let you get back to the tale of the hunted. And I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.
Okay, so it's night again, and we're looking at the full moon, and then we warp back to bed, and Diana's having another restless night. Her new pendant isn't helping her at all, and we hear a bunch of wolves barking and howling and stuff, and it forces Diana out of her bed. She looks out the window, and she sees a big pack of wolves looking her way, and their eyes light up, which honestly is would be horrifying. If you looked out your window and there was like a pack of 12 wolves just like staring at your house... Mm-hmm. Spoilers, they have a doggy door, so these wolves could easily get in if they wanted to. <laughs> Bottom line, though, wolves are scary. Yeah, animals are scary. Diana runs back to her room and covers up, which is probably exactly what I would have done. But the excessive howling and nagging gets her right back out of bed. She checks outside again and sees that her dad is standing out there. And he sees her and says, it's okay, honey, just scaring away some pests. And Diana sighs and closes the curtains. Just some hungry hounds, Diana. Yeah, he's just like, don't worry, I'll just use my body. (laughs) (laughs) They could eat me. (laughs) Now we're back in bed and Diana's tossing and turning and we see the full moon again and then we kind of fade a little and we see Gar in the woods and we get this voiceover from Laura talking about how wolves are mystical creatures. It's the same shit that we just heard like literally two minutes ago. It replays the entire episode. Yeah, it does. Because then we hear Dad's voice reiterating the line about seeing what is kind of outdoorsman Diane is going to be. And that image fades to the baby face pendant they with did blood on it. The tale of the hunted in 60 seconds. <laughs> they did it for us. <laughs> Done. Then we hear Diana talk about how she doesn't want to let her dad down. And the image fades to the wolf with the lit up eyes. And then it starts snarling. And next we see Diana with glowing eyes walk. And then a wolf busts into her window and jumps at her as she screams and goes for her throat. And then Diana wakes That's up. That's legitimately terrifying. Yeah, it is. The problem I have with this episode overall is that wolves are something that are scary. They're a thing. They attack people. So I don't like it when um, a children's show is like, wolves are dope, kids. Go up and put your hand in their mouth. Like, no, stop it. Yeah, it's like that episode of Peppa Pig that had to be banned in Australia because they were like, spiders are our friends. Kiss them. Oh, God. I remember hearing about that. It's exactly like that. I actually kind of like spiders, so. Yeah, me too. Have you seen any really monstrous spiders besides the- I'm looking at one right now. No, you're not. Are you? No, I'm not. Uh, I mean, the biggest spider I've seen is the huntsman that was in our house. Oh, yeah. Didn't you say that you had to quarantine off the section of the house and just let him have it? (laughs) He was cool. He just sat there and kind of didn't move. And you just, you know, nod in his direction when you walked in the room and, you know, live and let live. Yeah. What happened to him? Uh, I don't know. He left us one day. Very sad. That that's really scary. Oh. What did Becca think about the Huntsman Spider? I mean, she's used to it. Okay. I mean, this oh, thing was God. big. I mean, it, it was the size of your palm. Like, the I entire palm. I don't think palm. I could do that, man. That's like a tarantula. Yeah, it's it's like a skinny, less furry tarantula. But, like, the same size. I don't think I could handle that, man. I would... I. You can't even shoo it into a glass to let it outside. <laughs> Which is no. what I normally do with a spider. It's like a lobster. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> It's like a land lobster. (laughs) You'd have to get like a fish tank to scoop it into. (laughs) So after this wolf attacks her in her dreams, Diana wakes up because 
it was a dream. And she mm-hmm. reaches over for a glass of water and notices the claw marks on her wrists, which is weird. And then she just gets back cozy in her bed and we see the full moon again and that fades and now it's morning in the house. The camera pans up past some sweet knickknacks like a, a shark statue and a turtle statue. It's pretty great. Until we pan to the glass of water on Diana's nightstand. And then we get a knock and it's dad asking for Diana and that they want to they want to go check on the traps. And Diana's bed stirs and then we get this weird bluish vision and, and Diana looks in the mirror and she's a wolf now for some reason. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. Laura. <laughs> so this is the second episode in a row now that we have about people turning into animals. Yeah, I guess. So season six is some real animorph shit. Yeah, it kind of is. Eh, We've whatever. had kids shrinking and kids turning into snakes. Now kids turning into wolves. I mean, overall, over the whole show, we've had lizards, wolves, snakes, dark dragons. (laughs) Yeah. When you think about it, turning into stuff is the scariest thing. We cut to Dad and Hank loading up the truck. And then over with Gar, he checks the trap with a tree branch. Because he's got like this set bear trap or whatever. I guess it's a wolf trap. It's smaller than a bear trap. Um, he uses a tree branch to hit the middle of it, and it snaps shut, and it breaks the branch. So Dad grabs a big pile of traps, and Gar resets that original trap. Then we cut back over to Diana being a wolf in a cabin, and she first person runs around, and she's knocking shit <laughs> over and stuff. It's kind yeah, This is my second favorite scene in the episode. I kind of love it. She knocks over everything. She is so bad at being a wolf. Yeah. She shatters a precious vase, and then she knocks over, like, a coat rack or something. It's really funny. Like, it's just the camera first person, like, bumping into shit. It's great. But everything that can be knocked over, she knocks over. Like, she goes out of her way to knock over things. (laughs) Yeah, she does. Finally, she makes it out the doggy door and outside. And Gar sees her and yells, we got him, and runs away. And then she looks to the right and starts walking up to her dad, who slowly stands up by the truck saying, Hank. And he opens the door and gets inside. And then Diana moves her attention to Hank, who's slowly advancing on her with a baseball bat. (laughs) Damn. He starts to swing at her and she runs away and into the woods. And dad gets out of the truck asking Hank if he ever seen anything like that. And Hank shakes his head and and his baseball bat. And Gar comes out from the house saying, It was inside! It's like a tornado hit in there! And Dad's all, What? And then he picks up a hat off the ground saying, Diana! We cut back to Wolf Diana, who's running around the woods. She's jumping over logs and stuff. And Bumping then she gets up everything. to a pond. <laughs> no, she's not. But that would be great. It would be pretty funny. Every tree. She looks left. Knocks it over. She looks right. And then we cut back to the humans. And they're all complaining that Diana's gone and that the place is a mess. And Dad's like, that beast was in there all right. Must have scared Diana away. Well, it's out there somewhere and so's my baby. And Gar says that they gotta find her. Hank hands Dad a baseball bat and Dad tells him that it probably didn't get far. Let's go. And Gar gets handed a baseball bat too and the men run into the woods. They keep a lot of baseball bats around. Yeah. Um, if you're hunting, don't. If you're going to hunt wolves especially, don't do it with baseball bats. Use guns. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe you have a baseball bat somewhere around. But, uh, you know, maybe as a backup, not plan A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. With Diana, she's still just kind of running around. 
Back with the hunters, Dad tells them that they gotta spread out, but to stay in earshot. Hank tells them to watch out for hunters so they don't get shot. With Diana, she's climbing around on a fallen log and then hears a gunshot. Oh, these baseball bats really kick. <laughs> so she hears that gunshot and then she hides under the log. And almost all of her stuff is in first person, by the way. So we cut to Dad calling for Diana. But then with Diana, she's running around and then she climbs on a rock. A lot of the stuff is just cut between Diana running around and the hunters, you know, being like, Diana, where you at, girl? Yeah. The Diana stuff's in first person and also, like, without color. Yeah. To, like, simulate what a dog would see or a wolf. Yeah, exactly. With the boys, Gar's walking up to Dad who says, well, she couldn't have gotten this far. Gar asks what to do and Dad says, you and your dad keep looking. I'll head back to the truck. Maybe she took the road. So Gar asks how far they should go and Dad says, um, meet me at the Gray's Meadow and be careful. Dad runs away, and we cut back to Diana, who is again running in first person. And now she runs up to a road and almost gets hit by a bus or something, but she makes it across the road. We cut over to Dad, and Laura rides up on him on a bicycle, asking, Hey, what's going on? And Dad, who's walking to his truck, says, A wolf was in our house and went after Diana. Like she doesn't know. Well, she specifically said, oh, there's no cases of wolves hunting people. And Laura's, so Laura's all, where is she? Is she okay? Did she get attacked by a wolf? Of course not. Wolves don't hunt people, Laura. You know that. The native people know that. Everyone knows that. Dad throws his hands up, saying, somewhere in the woods. And then he hops inside his truck. While buckling up, he says, So help me if my little girl's hurt that beast is gonna pay. And he starts his car and looks at Laura for a second before driving away. And Laura just kind of stands there. And then we zip to Wolf Diana, who's walking around the woods. And she comes up to another wolf, who's just staring at her. And there's some dog sounds. They're all whining and stuff. Cut to Laura, who's walking around in Diana's house. She steps on the pendant. And then looks at it. And the eyes glow blue. So she, she, she steals that and walks out of the house. Oh my god. We're almost done. <laughs> There's a lot that has to happen, but we're almost done. And yet, so little happens. Yeah, right? Back with Wolf Diana, she's still looking up at this other wolf, and then gets closer to it. There's some calming music, and then we hear Gar calling for her, and the two wolves kind of look around until there's a gunshot, so they run away. And we cut to Dad in the truck, and he pulls off the road and gets out with his baseball bat, and he runs into the woods. With Diana, she's running free with the other wolf. And with Gar, he's calling for a Diana and walking over some fallen trees. And then he steps right into a trap and his leg gets crushed. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, it was great. I'm going to kill you, wolf. <laughs> wolf, help. <laughs> Pretty much. With Diana, she hears Gar call for help, so she looks around for a long time and then runs into action. With Gar, he's all struggling with that trap when he sees Wolf Diana walk his way, and he tries to back up and begs for it not to hurt him, because wolves hurt people, so yes. Diana just kind of whines at him. And then another wolf walks up to him and gives him a smooch on the face, and then howls? Yeah, and Gar, meanwhile, like, yeah, he's he's got his leg in the trap but wolves are like walking up to him and he doesn't even you know put his arms up to like try to protect his face or anything no. he just accepts his fate that wolves are going to come and eat him <laughs> pretty much he's like i knew it would happen sooner or later and then the wolf tastes him and he's like i'm delicious <laughs> yep 
He doesn't protest. He doesn't yell. He just watches <laughs> and he's like, I knew you'd come. <laughs> Dad hears that shit and he leaps into action yelling for Diana. The wolves hear him and they run away and Dad walks up on Gar asking if he's okay. So this is like the smallest woods imaginable, I think. Mm-hmm. They've all walked like... I don't know, 10 feet into the woods? <laughs> yes, and yet there's a wolf every, you know, square foot. Yeah, it's a, it's a very big problem. Gar tells him that he got caught and there were wolves and they were the one from the house and the blaze, which is weird that he would know, but whatever. Dad helps Gar up and gets them out of that trap, and then Dad asks if the wolves attacked him. Gar says, no, it's like they knew I was in trouble. And Dad doesn't believe that shit, even though Gar insists. Then he helps Gar back to the truck. We cut to Laura, who's sitting outside the house when a wolf comes up on her. And Laura gets a little antsy, and she looks around. And Wolf Diana slowly walks her way, and Laura's all, Come on, girl. Come on, it's okay. Don't be afraid. So Diana walks up to her stupid. and whines. Why do you think it's stupid? I think she's stupid. Well, yeah, of I mean, course she's stupid. I get having compassion for animals, but treating them like they're cute little pets when they're wild carnivores is just asking to get grizzly manned yeah i agree so laura is all nice to this wolf and she offers it some water and then she just pulls a dog bowl of water out of nowhere and wolf diana takes a little sip and then a truck horn honks and scares her you know if they if they had dog like i get that they have dogs they have a doggy door they have this dog bowl of water just ready to go but why didn't we ever see their dogs i don't know their dogs are probably huskies, so it would just get confusing. They probably are the dogs that are in this episode. <laughs> Dad jumps out of the truck with his baseball bat, telling the wolf to get away from Laura, and Laura runs up to him telling him to leave her alone. So Dad tells her to stay back and starts advancing on Wolf Diana with that bat. And Laura tries telling him that the wolf is harmless, but Dad's all harmless. This beast was in my house and scared my daughter off. That doesn't sound harmless to me. Then Wolf Diana gets caught in a trap... I guess she moonwalked into it. I don't know. My question is, though, like, how did they put this trap around this real-life animal without it hurting it? I don't know. I don't know how prop traps work. Because, mm. like, we see the shot of the dog, like, trying to pull at this trap, like, to get it off its leg. And I just don't really get how they did it. Oh, well. I guess it doesn't matter. I'm sure that they didn't hurt this dog, is what I'm trying to say. Let's hope not. But we got Dad, and he looks like he's about to whack this dog in the head. And then Laura and Gar beg him not to do it. So Gar falls to the ground, because he's trying to, like, move towards Dad, but his leg got snapped in a trap. So, you know, he falls to the ground screaming and in a crumbling heap. And um, and then he gets up, and Dad's about to bash this wolf's brains in when Dad looks into the eyes, and it stops him. And he drops the bat, and Laura runs up to the wolf, and Gar's telling her how to get the trap off. So she gets it off and looks up at Dad like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's a very quick and interesting scene, I guess. Well, interesting's not quite the word I would use. Um, it's stupid. It's a scene. Yeah. So he looks in her eyes and he knows it's Diana. Does he? Does he know it's I, Diana? I think so. I think he sees something in the eyes. Windows to I the soul so. and all that. Whatever. The wolf's paw morphs into Diana's hand, and Diana gives Laura a hug. And Dad and Gar just look on until he finally says, Diana? And he goes to give her a hug, and Diana's like, Dad, I was just a little lost, but now I'm back and everything's okay. And he gives her a smooch, and Gar picks up the baseball bat and then throws it into the lake. 
And Dad looks over and sees the Blaze, who's staring at the fan. There's other uses away. for a baseball bat other than beating animals to death with it. <laughs> no. no, they don't. They're not a baseball family. <laughs> they only have baseball bats to kill. <laughs> but that's the end of the story. Um, it's a very abrupt ending. Yeah, she's just a people now. Yeah, this whole episode is just really quick, though. Nothing really happens. Uh, girl turns into wolf. Girl turns into human. The end. Pretty much. Um, I gotta say, this episode, I think, would have been better if Gar was the one that got turned into a wolf. Definitely. Um, it, it's, like, Diana isn't really the person that needs to learn this lesson. Because no. she kind of is already on the fence about it. But you got Gar, who's like, yeah, bash brains in for fun. So... Why not yeah, make him She was going to go hunting learn. as an experience, but I wasn't getting the vibe from her that like she was going to dedicate her life to murdering animals. Right. It just wasn't I, don't know. I think that if they it would have been a better moral of the story if Gar was the one that turned into the wolf. Yeah, but in the end Gar, I guess, still ended up changing his mind probably at least a little bit at least about that specific wolf yeah yeah but what happened to hank did they just leave him in the woods (laughs) honestly i could never tell which man was which if it was the dad or hank (laughs) in any scene that's fine i get it i don't think that this is my favorite episode but i wasn't like bored watching it i guess um the wolf work is great like the wolves do a good job they did were trained well um the first person camera uh was funny (laughs) Mm -hmm. i know that's not what they were going for but i don't know if you're going hunting though don't use bats like unless you're hunting for baseballs yeah it's a bad idea you're gonna have a bad time well we cut to the midnight society and andy says nobody ever knew what happened to diana after a while, people huh? forgot or Laura pretended did. to. I don't know. He says, even Diana looked back on it like a dream, but one thing was real. She never wanted to go hunting again. Or the first time. Yeah, exactly. What a weird way to just wrap everything up, though, being like, yeah, nobody knew what happened. And you know what? Nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing may as well not have even happened. The kids all smile at Andy, and then they all get up, and Tucker says, Welp, guess there's only one thing left to do but to declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. And he dumps the water on the fire, and Megan gets up and pats Andy on the shoulder, telling him that his story was good. And Quinn does the same, and then everybody walks away, and Vange throws her arms around Tucker's shoulder, and that's the end. I'm kind of glad we're done with this one. Yeah, uh, this is the second Andy story, and they've both been not the best. Yeah, um, I I would be surprised if we get another Andy story this season, and I'm fine with that. I think this this would be like a Kristen or a Sam story, like a Sam like B list story instead of like her A game, you know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Moral of the story is very clear. This entire episode is just a moral of like don't kill animals. So mm-hmm. they did You're our a job bad for person us there. If you hunt, yeah. You're literally the devil if you hunt an animal. But I think at least we could probably come up with a better name than Tale of the Hunted. Sure. The Tale of Don't Hunt Animals. <laughs> right Which to the point. It's kind of the same thing. I like it. Yeah. Uh, tale of the Animal Killing Stick. 
the tale of trappings humane smash him in the head <laughs> tale of the anamorphs yeah the tale of the wolf fever dream tale of the guilt trip <laughs> yeah that's probably the best name <laughs> all right um are you ready to find out what's next brandon the next up season i'm very excited eight? to hear what it is all right so next who's up turning into is... an animal next week I don't know. Maybe it'll be a... We haven't had a bird yet, have we? Nope. I mean, Dark Dragon. That's kind of like a flying whatever. Okay. So the next episode is called The Tale of the Wisdom Glass. Hmm. Yeah. I guess owls are considered to have wisdom. So maybe someone turns into an owl. (laughs) That's a fair assumption, I think. Yeah. Wisdom Um, Glass. Wisdom Glass. I think it's going to be... Maybe it's going to be something like Super Specs, where there's a pair of glasses and uh, lets them see something that's not there without it. I think it's a crystal ball. It could be a crystal ball. I think it's a crystal ball that you look into and you see things and you learn things, but you see too much. Yeah. Okay. I like that. It's kind of like uh, Door Unlocked meets Super Specs meets... I don't know. It's the bucket of truth from Upright Citizens Brigade. (laughs) A reference no one will get. Nope, nope, not even (laughs) anybody. Amy Poehler's in that show. It's a great show. And Matt Besser, he is in that as well, isn't he? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. Uh, See into the future kind of shit. Who do you think is going to tell this story? This one's a Megan. Um... I don't think it's going to be a Quinn. I'm going to say no. Tucker. Another Tucker. All right. Yeah. I think it would make sense that Tucker would tell the most stories this season. Yeah. So I'm going to say Tucker. I think it's probably either Tucker or Megan. All right. Well, it has to be. Uh, okay. So let's see what this has on IMDb. How's that sound? Yeah. God damn it. Brandon, this one's got a 3.5 out of 10 with 516 reviews. <laughs> Unbelievable. That means it's good, probably. Maybe. And I'm sure it'll be great, right? Yeah. The worse those people feel about it, the better I feel. Yeah. I think it'll be fine. I mean, like, let's be honest. Besides the misfortune cookie, everything's been fine this season, so. Mm-hmm. All right, Brandon. Well, I have, I'm done talking about Tale of the Hunted. Um, I think I'm probably going to go have a fever dream, maybe turn into a wolf. I don't know, but I'm going back to bed. All right. Make sure to knock everything over. Oh my god, if I turn into a wolf, my wife is going to be so mad at me. I'm going to knock so many things over. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> I'm going to be first person bumping into everything. <laughs> well, you're always in first person. Oh my gosh, you're right. Anyway, I've had enough of this, Brandon. I'm going to bed. I've been up all, all right. night. I'll talk to you next week. All right, I'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Bye. It's out there somewhere and so is my baby. <laughs>